Hello and welcome to season three of Earth Simbers. It's a brand new season and as always that means a brand new story. If you haven't heard season one or two then don't worry, we can stay with us and enjoy something completely new. If you would like to go back and catch up you can find all the info at www.earthsembers.com. This season is tied to the other two seasons very loosely so you do want to listen to everything it will give you a better overall picture but you don't need to. And as always, with each new season, we feature a new rotating cast of players. This season, I'm really pleased to announce and introduce our players in a moment. Um, and we thought we'd do something a bit special. As I'm sure all of you experiencing at home, we've all been suffering locked in syndrome recently with uh, COVID across the world. And it's given us, uh, given us a lot of obviously negatives, but a lot of positives too. And one of the, the best things that's come out, at least for us, is a lot more D&D and a lot more uh, time playing with friends. And actually that kind of led to this season uh, where this is a friendly local game store special. As all my players this season are people I know in real life that I play with normally day to day, week to week. Um, so I'm going to give a shout out first to Galleon Games in Sibley for actually putting me in contact with the 1066 Wargaming group about 18 months ago now, uh, back when we were real people walking around in the real world. And uh, I met a load of local D&D players for the first time in my life, which is kind of one of the things that really led to me launching the show. And so all my players this uh, season, yes, this season, I'll, it's fine, I'll cut this out. Uh, all of my players this season are friends of mine, which is wonderful, and I'm well pleased to welcome them on the show. So I'm going to introduce them as humans very briefly, and we'll introduce their characters in a minute once the show starts. So um, I'm going to introduce Aaron first. Hello. Josh. Hello there. Cassie. Hiya. James. Hello. And Dave. Hello. So... This season we decided to challenge ourselves and we've gone for a uh, level 9 campaign which is going to be keeping me on my toes, I'm sure. And just let me assure you, I play in uh, several campaigns with these folks and they are all completely mad in the best way possible and are absolutely going to test and challenge me, which is going to be exciting. So stick around just to see me struggling, if nothing else. Without further ado, I think it's time for Season 3 to begin. So let's dive in. To the Sea of Storms. Find yourself in the Drowned Shark, a dockside tavern on the eastern edge of the Nook district of Stormhaven. As always, the weather is wild, stormy and grey. The tavern itself is crowded full. The usually quiet local people are drinking and there's a fair amount of laughter, letting down their bleak exteriors of the grey buildings and the black stone with colourful clothes and quite free-flowing ale. As you all walk in, you notice the nook in the corner of the tavern that you'd been told to meet at. And inside, you push open a curtain and are met by a rather sketchy looking group of what you only assume to be sailors. Standing there is a 
tall for a dwarf. Quite old-looking male. Arr, it's lovely to see you all. My name's Yurik, and I'm pleased you finally made your way. Ah, another dwarven lass. One after me own heart. Who might you be? My name's Marie. I've uh, here you've uh, got got a got an opportunity for us to to see the sea. Oh, That's something now. Quite the opportunity there. Uh, why don't you have a seat and you're gonna tell us all about it? Tell us a little bit about yourself, why don't you? Oh, very kind. So, so uh, Marie sort of walks with a sort of a mild limp, and she's she's kind of leaning quite heavily on a uh, like a battle axe that's that's probably comes up to her sort of mid chest height. Um, she's she's wearing uh, sort of quite uh, uh, half plate armor that's that's. Um, Sort of, uh, quite a light-coloured metal, and uh, hanging from her belt is a large horn skull of, of some creature that is is probably indecipherable to, to most people, except for Marie. And uh, so, now you see, um, I, I'm a researcher of sorts, and I've come into. Uh, possession of something that I would like to further my interests of. And uh, she she places on the table um, very large copper-bound wooden fronted book. And it looks like this book looks like it's been dredged through a river. And uh, like, even when she places it down on the table, it seems to leave sort of a, a damp patch in the wood around it. Right now, Marie, I think we can uh, certainly use you aboard. So we just take a little seat. Our benefactor will be here in a moment. About you there, I would say young man, but, you know, you're elven chap. You, Who are you? He says, turning to you, Josh. Hello, my friend. My name is Nuto, and I presume you are the dwarf I need to speak to about bartering passage across the sea. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm the one, yes. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself there. Well, to be honest, there is not much to tell. I have been travelling for several months now, but you know, with the history of my people, I need to see for myself where we have come from and where we intend to go. There are beliefs of darker times arising, and I need to confirm these beliefs for myself in order to advise my people. Ooh, it's a noble goal right there. Well, we'll have a seat. Thank you kindly. Thank you very much. Um, and then he turns to slightly younger looking half-elven person. Cassie, would you like to introduce yourself? Ah, I see. You are the dwarf I need to speak to. Oh, yeah, that'd be me. And who might you be? I am Dread, mighty barbarian from Oasis. Oh, oh, from the Oasis? That's a very long way away now. And what brings you to these parts? I'm looking for new horizons to stab. Can you help? Oh, oh, oh I can guarantee plenty of stabbings where we're going, yes. Well then, may I come aboard? By all means, have a seat. Have a seat there. 
And then Dread will proceed to drop his hide armor on the table that is a massive bear skull and arms. This is very comfortable. Thank you, I take seat here. Oh, lovely. Well, of course, make yourself at home. Um, then turns as another dwarf swaggers into the bar. Ah, another of my own kind. How might you be there, sir? Oh, I'm Leggett. I'm from the Temple of Ankazoon. Um, I've been there all my life, and I've had, over the last few years, callings to go, to, uh, go adventure, so I just felt the need to travel. So um, I hear you're heading eastwards. Oh, yes, there um, we are. I just don't really know, but I've had callings for this for it, to, uh, to, to travel. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to join your ship. Well, please, come in. Have a seat. Now, I know we're waiting on one more of you hired types before our uh, benefactor arrives, but uh, he's running a little... Oh, oh, here he is. Just coming in now. Good evening. I, I am Naust. Um, as you can see by my appearance, I am a, a dark elf. Um, not used to necessarily mixing and mingling with the people. Uh, however, I, I am fed up with this, this town. Bodyguarding and bounty hunting only takes you so far. So I'm thinking I should find somewhere else to hunt. Yeah, that is a very noble goal indeed. Please have a seat. So as uh, you will take your place in the tavern, various... Uh, waiters, waiters and waitresses come over and bring you your drinks of choice. People start talking. You notice there's a general low hubbub among the sailors uh, who are all sat around. You look around, it's a fairly mixed crew. There's three or four halflings. It, it's mostly human. Um, there's a gnome, a couple of grey elves, and um, five kind of characters who are vaguely in the background who've got deep hoods over themselves who just kind of look up enough that you can see their eyes, but they don't really speak to you. And then as your gaze is sort of looking around, the curtains pulled back, and standing before you is a six-foot-two figure who is in the freezing cold of the north, not wearing any top. And you can see in their bare-chested torso, covered in woad tattoos, um, various... Sim um, spirals and uh, odd-looking uh, sigils that you don't really recognise. Their head is shaved on one side and they have long, sharp blonde hair that is falling down. They, on their back, have a sword with a golden handle with a golden lion's head on the top, put into a red sheath. They have a, uh, a loot strapped over the other shoulder and their quite icy blue eyes have a, a kind of an arrogant grin that is plastered all over their face as they walk in and say, Ah, I see that we are all here. Welcome, my friends. It is so lovely to see you all. Oh, Roy, about bloody time you showed up. It's, we've been waiting for you. Yeah, I am sorry. I had business elsewhere. Please, let me introduce myself. My name is Ofloki. I am the one who has hired you all, and I am very pleased that you have all arrived, and so promptly. Now, Captain, would you uh, like to explain a little about what we are planning? 
Mm, right, we, we can do that, yeah. So, uh, as I said, my name's Yurik, Yurik Bitterhelm, and I'm, uh, I'm gonna be your captain for the, uh, foreseeables. Oh, this mad bastard here, and he points to a flaky, came to me 20 years ago with a mad plan. He wants to cross the Sea of Storms. And the general shock kind of rises up in the room as uh, you all know that the Sea of Storms is a death trap. No one has ever crossed it and returned to tell the tale. It's a, a sea that is filled with storms, whirlpools, strange monsters. In fact, it's a sea that's so fierce and unknown that bizarre animals, or the corpses of animals, wash up on the beach daily that just defy any identification. I know I thought he was mad too, but listen, just listen to him, alright? Ah, yes, thank you, Yurik. So, uh, here is the plan. I have designed the ship. I have called her the Relentless. You mean the bathtub? No, no, she's called the Relentless, Yurik. She's more like a bathtub, he says to the rest of you. <laughs> well, be that as it may, the plan is this. You are all the strongest and the most experienced adventures in the land. I know that many of you have served on ships before. He looks over towards Nalst and nods in respect. Uh, others of you have hmm, connections, we should say. He looks towards Nuto and nods. And he says, and some of you are just, to court the good captain, mad bastards. He looks towards um, dread and just inclines his head says I believe there is something waiting for us across the sea and it is up to us to find it so if you wish to join us I am offering two things first pride the chance to be the first people from Eliasaria to cross the sea secondly 50,000 gold each and the, there's like an audible gasp in the room as uh, Em's a little bit shocked. Who is willing to join me? Uh, Definitely willing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 50,000 gold. Well, 50,000 yeah. gold, that, that's, that's a lot of money. Ah, yes, I suppose it is. I am in board. Marvellous. Does anybody have any questions before we begin our endeavours? Now, say Dread lose limb. Very important. I must have arms to fight. What you compensate? Ah, well, um, I can't legislate specifically for you losing a limb, but if you survive, you get the money. This is dangerous. I... Well, that is fine. Limb, limb can do without. Maybe a good fighter would not lose a limb. No, that was, that was my thought, but I'm sure we are all experienced enough to look after ourselves. Um, and if the worst case scenario, I'm sure we can look after each other as well. I, th I think that's probably a good idea. Now, um, some of you I've sailed with before, some of you I've never met, and you've just come recommended from our, our esteemed benefactor here. So let's get a quick little uh, go around the room. Those of you I know, your job's secure. Those of you who don't, mm, we're going to have to learn a little bit about you. And um, quickly goes around the room and lots of sailors kind of nods and 
identify themselves as various positions. And uh, he kind of turns to the five of you and says, Right, now you lot, hmm, you're all pretty new. I think the best thing for you is if you get down to the docks in the morning and we'll see where your best fits. How does that sound? Oh, I think that sounds very reasonable, Captain. That is agreeable. Yes. Uh, yeah, seems reasonable to me, too. I shall meet you at Krakadorn on dock. Oh, Krakadorn might be a bit of a bad idea. I have an idea. He turns again to seeing the quite prestigious amount of drinking going on with the sailors. Krakadorn might not be realistic. Um, Shall we say about ten-ish? I get Liam for once. Perfect. Oh yes, lovely. Right, well in that case, ladies and gentlemen and all others, let's have a piss up. To new endeavours, raises his mug of foaming ale and there's a group smash as people all start getting sloshed. Is there anything you would like to do in this tavern or any conversations you would like to have? Um, I think Marie, uh, while... while uh... While everyone's starting to drink, um, sort of takes out a, uh, it's a small ring that you can slip two fingers into and she uh, begins to to cast a spell upon it in order to, to store it inside. So uh, she, she casts armor of Agathis on, on this, on this, on this ring. And uh, sort of reverently places it upon upon this book before before uh, weaving it back in into her beard. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Uh, is there anything people want to do before the night's festivities draw to a close, or we can move to the morning? No. Um, the evening is just intended for more socialising with our new comrades. Yeah, I'd just like to get to know my uh, the. the the other uh, crewmates a bit more but potential crewmate okay um where are we yeah let's do the first rolls of the night here then everyone like to make me a general charisma check to see how well you integrate yourselves with the uh various crew members okay. uh, nuto has rolled a 14 in total okay okay uh mary i I rolled 12, and I've, I've got a plus 3, so that gets me to 15. Very nice. I rolled 11, and my charisma is minus 1, so uh, 10. <laughs> okay, not unreasonable. <laughs> oh, now it has a 16 plus 4 to a dirty 20. Very nice. Cassie? I got a 15. 15. So, generally, the crew really start warming up to almost everyone. The... Um, Lagger, the male dwarf, people, he's fine. Seems to be mentioning religion quite a lot in the early part of the evening. And sailors are a superstitious bunch. They don't dislike him, but they're just taking a little bit warmer. Once he starts getting a bit drunker, then he's fine. They get on perfectly well with him. It's just a bit of a frosty start. Also, yeah, I'd like to um, know if anyone has attempted and came back from the storms at all. Make a history check for me. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a natural 20. As always, that makes no difference to a skill check. But um, for... Yeah, you would absolutely know that people being mad enough to sail into the Sea of Storms, it sort of happens every 10 years uh, that someone says, I'm going to do it, and they all die. 
their ships are never found, they're never heard from again. The lucky ones, their bodies are found, their ships wash up on the shore a few months later. Um, it's been impenetrable, mainly due to the constant storms uh, for the entire history of Elisaria. I'm going to ask, what do we, what do, what do you think this boat will, what have we done different to this boat to any others that's going to go sailing out there? Who are you saying that to? Off Loki, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm Off Loki. Off Loki will say, ah, well, she is a ship of my own design, and um, let us just say I have an interest in impossible odds. Okay. So, faith? Oh, no. <sighs> Faith is uh, not really my sort of thing. And uh, Yorick puts his arm around off Loki, very drunk already. He says, She's a bathtub. I told you, she's basically bloody round. You'll see her in the morning. She's not a normal ship by any means. I look forward to seeing it. Um, just as everyone starts to get really, really sloshed, uh... Marie will. Uh, she, she's been she's been holding back a little bit on on the drinking and w watching everyone get much more inebriated than she does, and uh, so she she'll uh, gradually sort of, sort of one by one she'll she'll approach uh, sort of the members of, of of who will be our party the uh, who she sees as as being the outsiders and uh, sort of she she'll she'll ask you each just. Uh, I've prepared um, some sort of a protection for for us. Um, it does require if you could write your name in in this book. And she uh, proffers this again. This this like this this uh, this tome that looks like it's it's fashioned out of verdigris covered copper and driftwood and uh, she she opens it to uh, to a page at the back that uh, the borderline is covered in text that makes no sense at all but there's there's this large section that's just about the size enough for four people to write their names in I think if you don't mind I will not sign your book just yet but thank you for the offer I keep my name to myself i don't know you yet signing my name into your book seems dangerous to say the least i would like to examine the book if that's okay uh, uh, marie will uh will we'll sort of offer it up to you um the book is probably a good no sort of maybe about 16 inches tall and about sort of very nearly four, four inches thick so it's, it's a big chunky thing like uh like so it's a, not a light uh, read then uh no no uh there doesn't there's nothing locking the pages but um if you touch it um it does feel like um like it feels like wood that is completely completely saturated with water if you don't mind me asking what what is the purpose of the book it is a source of my particular abilities oh oh it's those being 
Um, Marie will will uh, will will uh, create sort of a small like illusory octopus on the table in front, and said, "They are of a, of an arcane nature." I see. And you offer protection. The book, if if you, uh, it's linked to the seas and river, the water itself. Um, and I believe that. Um, can everyone else just make Monday's... a perception check? Sorry, sorry, Aaron. Can no, can I do a religion okay. check on it? You can do a religion check. Oh, would I be able to do Arcana? Mm, you, yeah, you can do Arcana. I've got um... a nine in perception. <laughs> it's a really nice drink there, Dred. You're having a splendid time. A uh, total of 13. <laughs> okay. 13 Arcana. How did we do, Nalst? Uh, 28. Wow, perceptive. So you notice that as the illusory octopus came out, you recognise it as an illusory octopus. However, there's real water drop it, dripping off the tentacles and onto the table, which is a little odd. Um, your so was it thirteen on the Arcana yeah. deck? It's a magic book. It's not a magic book like you're used to. It doesn't feel. Yeah, it just doesn't feel the same as yours at all, and not in the way that you'd expect someone else who was similar to you to have just a different book. It feels very other. Nuto looks at the octopus. He realises that the water is real. And he says to himself, well, I am here to acquire knowledge. And this knowledge is unknown to me. So he signs the book. Okay. And uh, Laget, how did we do on our religion check? I did 12 on my religion check. I've not seen this book before. It's definitely not anything to do with the major religions in Elisaria, but beyond that it's hard to tell. Well, we're taking a risk, so what's the harm in starting that first risk by signing this book, eh? Uh, Marie will, will uh, she, she's wearing um, sort of underneath this, this suit of half plate, so it's uh, uh, she's wearing a set of kind of plain grey scribes robes um, but the like the sleeves have been ripped off at the shoulders and it is uh, in many locations in disrepair and stained with ink everywhere and uh, so she'll, she'll, she'll reach into, uh, into a fold and, uh, and bring out a small ink well and a uh, and, and a bone quill and uh, ah. she'll hand it over ah, thank you very much and then Dredd will climb onto the table because he is quite small and uh, he will start writing his name and you will notice him write a D and then we have an R and then an A yes and then an E and then a D yes Dredd and then I and then an R and then an N iron yes H E R T Thread Iron Heart. There I am, and then he will force stop. Here is your pen. Um, I would like to cast Detect Magic 
and see if there's anything happens when they sign as they sign the book. Does the magic? Is there any magic that gets transferred from the book or from them? Or um, yeah. So when they complete signing their names, there definitely there there would be a like a flare of abjuration magic. Okay. I think I'm still going to hold off signing the book. I think I will wait and see what happens or what mess you've got yourselves into there before I sign. Suit, suit yourself. Um, at that point, she uh, she she sort of places her hand, sort of crushing this this like hat of fist-sized illusory octopus, and it just just pops like a water balloon onto and, and onto the table and water does run off the edge and drip down very real water um that young ever is a good trick is there anything else people wish to do as the evening draws in after seeing um the smashing of the octopus Newto is going to hold off on casting find familiar today <laughs> <laughs> might be wise so as the evening draws to a close you are shown upstairs to your rooms uh you all managed to have a lovely long rest uh, through the night it's probably the last night in a comfortable warm bed that you're going to have for a very long time so each of your characters makes the most of it in their own way uh, you start the morning with a nice hot breakfast of porridge filled with your choice of either savoury or sweet. Uh, the savoury comes with bacon and burnt sausage and the sweets comes with honey and dried uh, grapes. Raisins, as they're also known. And uh, just the word completely escaped me there. And so you have the breakfast of choice before you are led down uh, following the other sailors who look definitely worse for wear. And you walk your way through the busy town, he says, and you find your way to the docks. Now, the docks themselves are pretty deserted, aside from what looks to be a giant black ship. So... On Foundry, you will see the outside are, of the ship is very, very dark wood, um, edging towards black. It's got a sheen across the hull that's very clearly magical. You are led up a gangplank uh, to the ship itself, where you can see a dark red wood has been used as the floorboards themselves, or the decking, as it's technically known. So as you come to the docks, you see this giant ship. Um, the sails and the masts look odd. Where most ships, those of you that have been put to sea, so Nals, you would definitely recognise this. You're used to seeing rope rigging running down the sides of the sails, tying it to the um, stern of the ship, or the deck of the ship. This doesn't have metal rigging. It has what looks like wooden rigging. Um, again, it's this strange dark wood with this uh, reddish 
inlay running all the way up to the top of the mast. The sails appear to be very ordinary sails, aside from, again, a very soft sheen of magic surrounding it, painted in garish red at the back of the ship is the Relentless. And you come aboard to see people scrubbing and cleaning and general swearing as sailors start to make themselves at home. And you see Yurik just leaning on the side, head in hands, looking much the worse for wear. What would you like to do? I think I, I, uh, I'll walk up to, uh, to Yurik and... Uh and offer offer a flask and uh, and just say oh hair of the doll that's uh that's, that's just uh so it's it's a uh, it's a it's a leather water water skin but this this is this thing is full of brandy oh we definitely think that's a good idea thank you very much <laughs> takes uh, a respectful swig and then hands it back goes oh yeah that's better just need a little bit of lard and then I'm good to go. I have lard from my pigs if you want a bit. Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah, thank you. You're handing over a raw Very piece lovely. of lard? lard? Yeah. He eats it like a chocolate bar. Just chomps down straight into it. Mm. Arr, just like Mother used to make. Lovely. Raised them myself. Oh well, I commend you. It's marvelous. You, love you... makes a difference. <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> I think think uh, I think Marie would uh, would would approve of this this massive ship. It's probably probably not what she, not what she was expecting. She was expecting some. Uh, some dinky thing that was going to going to get wrecked. Can you all just make an intelligence check? Um, I'm going to say, Nals, you can add your proficiency from your background. Okay. <clears throat> intelligence. Yeah. Oh, thank God for that. Fourteen. Fifteen for Muto. Okay. Eleven. Yes, thirteen for Dred. Marie only got twelve. Twelve is the DC. So anyone over 12, uh, anyone below 12 looks at it and goes, it's a ship. Anyone yep. above 12 looks at it and you realise that it definitely does not look seaworthy. There is, not not in terms of decay or looking run down, just, um, Nels, do you look at it and you know this looks nothing near as um, hydrodynamic as other ships you've sailed on that are made to cut through the waves. The, the hull itself is much more rounded uh, the and hang and sunk much lower in the water than you would expect. Um, uh, Nuto, as you're looking at it, you're looking up at the shape, and you again get the sense that this isn't the correct shape for a ship. You've not huge amounts of sailing experience, but just reasoning it out with some intelligence, it doesn't look right. Uh, Marie, you just get this insight almost that. This ship, something's not, yeah, not quite right about it. So, how high above the water does like the top deck sit? It is a big ship, hmm. um, so you are a good twenty feet above the waves, even so. Okay. 
but you can tell from the relatively calm water of the docks where it's protected by the harbour walls that the ship is almost touching the bottom here where it should not be at all. Okay. Well, it is a um, very interesting ship you have here. Although I'm dubious to call it a ship. It is something else, I think. Oh, that's why I've been calling it the bathtub because it's... It doesn't look right. I can see the similarity. Here, try not to say it too much in front of uh, old off Loki. He gets a little bit touchy about it. I think he likes the name Relentless because it sounds impressive. Yes, it does. How does she sail? Um, we've never actually taken her out yet. That's the thing. Ah. Okay. Marie just goes. Excellent. Uh, are we to go aboard? Yeah, welcome aboard, so we should say. Um, right, so you guys, uh, or you're, you lot are going to be crewed somewhere slightly different from the rest of us. Um, just uh, off Loki said that you're all specialists, so we might need you to be on hand. Um, so you'll find on the first deck down, there on the uh, right by the front of the ship, there's a deck there that you can take for yourselves. And he points out, uh, Sailor escorts you to the oh was it oh no sorry retconned to the bottom deck of the ship right in the bilge uh, and so you're led to the bottom layer of the ship right to the stern and uh, there is the largest room you've seen on the ship and as you walk down through the various decks um, you notice that the corridors themselves are quite wide the rooms are very open that the walls themselves look very very thick um, there are lots of rooms that are just filled with people loading up boxes of nails and other bits of this uh, dark wood and apples and barrels of water. You walk through the cargo hold which is completely empty and down onto the bottom deck where you're escorted through uh, a ship's galley uh, where someone is rapidly setting up various looking cooking implements and uh, starting a nice big broth and you reach the very front portion which is a giant space it's um, about 30 feet long and it tapers right down into the nose of the ship and as you're down here even in the dock you can hear the creaking and the cracking of the hull and you can hear the water it sounds like it's above your head outside you sound like you're underwater Ooh. Good thing I can swim. Yeah, that's uh, a skill that we're all definitely going to need. I have the ability of making you walk on water if anyone has any issues. Or I have to stay on the ship and go in. I'm, I'm sorry, continue. I'm so no, no, you continue, sir. You seem much more powerful than I do not wish to upset you. Oh, dear me, no. Oh, dear. I, I would rather stay in the shadows. Um... But this, uh, I would rather stay on the ship than end up in the water. Uh, I would appreciate anybody who can, uh, especially those of you who are arcane or whatever that dwarf is, um, being able to help us in that respect. I can swim, just not very far. As you turn around in the crew quarters, you notice that um, there are hammocks hung up for each of you. Um, Niles, do you know that's sort of a, uh, a red herring? That this is something sailors do to test how green you are? 
and you prepared by bringing a bedroll. Um, but swinging in one of the hammocks, you see off Loki, who is actually eating an apple, and he goes, Ah, you have arrived, finally. So uh, lovely to see you all. I trust you had a lovely last night's sleep in a bed. Yes. Very nice. Got very drunk. Good. Well, now you are here, it is time to get to work. It is time for us to start your training. We're sharing, then, are we? Yes, you will share this. This is your space. You can do what you wish with it. Um, I thought you would probably appreciate being closest to the workshop in the kitchens. Well, yes. It's always good to be close to the food. Yeah, I think think uh, think at that point, uh, sort of with with, with perhaps a uh, slightly exaggerated sigh, Marie will uh, will put this this backpack down and start unpacking a load of uh, like quite heavy looking metal working tools. Yes, there is plenty of room for those in the uh, workshop. Uh, yeah, she, she'll she'll uh, she'll nod her head and uh, sort of gather just just the tools up and head off to the work. Okay, right. Well, everyone, meet me on the top deck when you are ready. And then he walks out. As uh, he walks away, Dread will pull out a massive bundle of straw from his backpack and put it in the corner of the room. Ah, perfect. Reminded me of home. This bed it does. Yes, for, for, for anyone not used to the sea, um, ignore the hammocks. The crew are playing a joke on us. I'm sure it will be the first of many. They look so comfy. Trust me, they're not. Uh, Nuto will go up to the side of the room, place his belongings down, and he will begin performing the ritual find familiar. Okay, and what form is your familiar taking? Uh, it is taking a white owl with long ribbon-like feathers. He goes by the name of Hive. Hive? Hive. As in beehive? Yep. Lovely. Uh, so the ten minutes goes past, and then you see that your elven companion, just a <laughs> an owl, appears, <laughs> flutters, and sits on his shoulder. Now will just set up, take cushion after cushion after cushion after cushion out of this little bag at his side and just build a nice little nest um, in the corner or somewhere in the corner maybe right at the prow of the boat um, and then laugh gently at the, at, the, at the owl and head upstairs is everyone else following and heading to the deck, or is anyone like to do anything else below deck? All that, I'm just going to um, go to one of the corners and uh, just set up like a little shrine, just of um, of uh, uh, of uh, with the the hammer. Shrine in the corner with the the hammer of Ankazoon. Uh, with Ankor, yeah, just a little shrine for Ankazoon, yeah, um, and just uh, make a little pray, just to just to pray that our, our travels will be safe. I'll just sit there and meditate for five minutes whilst whilst he's uh, doing his familiar. Right, so you make your way then to the top deck and you find most of the crew there and uh, you see Captain Yurik at the front saying, Right, time for assignments. Now our benefactor is joining us on this voyage, so uh, apparently he's taking the captain's quarters. Yes, do not mind me. Continue. Uh, right, rest of you. 
Oh, I need some crew. I'll deal with you in a minute. Um, right, to your stations and uh, U5, let's deal with you first. So I know you're not all the most experienced and probably not on a ship like this, but there's plenty of roles here. We'll put you in with some good teams, so why don't we pick some things that suit your needs? There are five job jobs aboard the ship to take. Um, I'll tell you all about them and then you can discuss amongst yourselves who would like which role. The first job is assistant to the helmsman, someone who will be in charge of helping to steer the ship and keep on top of those survival checks and things like that. The ship will also need an assistant engineer, someone to help maintain the ship or repair it in case any damage is taken. You notice on board now as you've come back up, they are just bolting down three quite large ballistae and uh, you are told that they will need some assistance with those. The bosun comes up to the party and says, yeah, I'm gonna need some people to help me uh, just look after the crew as well. So if anyone would like to be crew master, your job will be managing the crew, essentially keeping their morale high and assisting the bosun. And then finally assisting to maintain the sails, the rigging and the anchor. So if there's any job that particularly appeals to you, let me know and I will make a note of it. I'm going to volunteer for the assistant helm, only because I've got good survivor, uh, survival, but it'll be me It'll be me steering us into uh, danger link, right? I... <laughs> no, left, right, right. <laughs> I'm very good with athletics, so I wouldn't mind being sail master of no one mind. And I think uh, Marie is... Uh... Would be quite good, sort of uh, motivating crew through intimidation, but she also is uh, a smith as kind of a, a hobby thing. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll probably take uh, engineer, sort of assistant engineer, uh, and, unless there's uh, unless nobody's going to. Uh, going to assist the crew and then uh, then I, I'll, I'll do that instead. Okay, Nuto Dave, two jobs left. Um, Nuto Nals, I, I, I suppose really uh, Nals would either be with sails or as an archer, probably assisted to the artillery. And I would be more than happy to go with the assistant to the crew master. So with those come specific jobs. Uh, essentially you were told that the ship is going to be put forward for a, a week-long training program. Uh, we know you're not quite up to speed yet, so you're going to work with your compatriots and make sure we get up to speed. So the way we're going to do this, rather than playing out seven days of quite boring training, is we're going to do this with some rolling, because who knew that there was a system of dice that can enable us to determine outcomes in this game. Um, so what I'm going to ask you to do is in the crew jobs section, you'll notice an associated skill. If you have proficiency in the skill of the job you've taken, then you can add your proficiency bonus to these rolls. If you can't, you're rolling a straight d20. Okay. And what I would like you to do is you're going to roll seven d20s, one for each day, uh, and just keep a track of the scores for me. Is the order, does it matter what order they come in, or can I just go ahead and roll 
just roll seven and write them down as you're doing it. Probably the quickest way. So I say during this time, um, the next seven days you are spent putting through the moves of your new jobs, training with the crew, working the machinery, learning where resources are kept, learning how to sleep, how to dress, how to eat, how to respond to emergency situations. And these dice rolls will determine the effectiveness after a week. So we, if we're proficient with the skill, it's only the proficiency bonus that we're getting and not the yes. overall bonus. Nope. Okay. So let me know um, once you've finished rolling them all. It's like old-fashioned stat generation, but with an extra stat. Yeah, I'm all done. Cool. So, this had a DC of 12. So any roll you had over 12, you can count as a success. If you can add up all your successes and make a note of the overall number. Is it 12 and over that's a success? Yes. Fritz, make it different? No? Nope. Okay, so I have to try. I had one crit. Crits only count on to attack roll, James. <laughs> Do you know that? <laughs> it's always worth a try. I've got six successes. Marvellous. So the skill, Five the number me. you've got now, that total number, is basically. When you are at your station, and I call for a skill check, like a an artillery check, or a helm check, that is the number you are adding to d20 rolls. It seems a bit fairer and a slightly more interesting way of doing it than just using the skill that you naturally have. It's annoying, because my survival's plus that. nine, so I have to get plus five on this. Yes, well, this was a unique survival scenario, and surviving on ships is something your character may not have experienced before. Makes sense. The week passes with you training in your roles, and we now have some level of proficiency with our abilities as well. Um, after this time, Captain gathers the crew together on deck. Still, All this time you've still been in the port in Stormhaven. And he says, right. Now then, if you've got any last preparations or prayers you want to make, this is it. Tomorrow morning, at dawn, we sail. 